0: Mastermind Agent is proud to present success calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at
1: www.mastermindagent.com.
0: Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent. This month's top agent is Daniel Barraza with My Home Group Realty in Phoenix, Arizona. Last year he closed. 165 transactions with a total sales volume of 25 million. His average sales price was 151,000, of which 55% were buyers and 45% were sellers. He has a 5-member team: one business manager, one marketing director, one transaction coordinator, one listing coordinator, and one team leader. Daniel Baraza is the team leader of the Baraza team. He's been an agent for five years and sold 597 homes in his short career. In this call, Daniel talks about his fast start, taking 29 listings in his first two months, quickly ramping up and selling 115 homes his second year. How he sold 165 homes last year while helping all the buyers and sellers personally. There are no buyer agents or listing agents on his team the three major tasks each staff member is responsible for. How he got 175 people to refer him 87 closings last year. Why he ranks his database and lists his best opportunities for business in the three categories, top clients, favorite people, and top business people. His simple yet effective past client and sphere of influence marketing program that includes birthday cupcakes, birthday cards, $2 bills, letters of the heart, and evidence of success. The client appreciation party that tripled referrals. Why he pays for a housewarming party for his clients and how he promotes it. How most of his referrals occur without asking. And his new, non-threatening, reverse-question referral script that is working wonders. Why he personally makes follow-up calls. 30, 60, and 90 days after the closing. Team dynamics, profit margins, and more. First, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the call, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you for your call. Hey, Daniel. It's great to have you here. Daniel, before we talk about what you're doing today, let's go back for a minute and talk about what you did before you got into real estate.
1: Sure. Uh, I used to work for a company where we used to do foundation inspections for new builds. We used to do for Pulte Homes and Deeds Crane Homes and D.R. Horton, which are pretty big builders here in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, I did that from the year 2000 through 2008. Uh, we used to inspect the foundation, the post tensioning uh, for residential houses. So, and, and because of that, I'll go out with buyers and with, or when I meet mean with sellers on listing appointments, and I'll talk to them about the house that it has post tension. And I know so much about it. And uh, they, it makes me sound good <laughs> versus other real estate agents who know nothing about nothing about post-tensioning. But anyways, I used to be a foundation um, inspector. We used to inspect the foundations, and um, I got laid off in 2008 when the economy crashed. And uh, 2008 to 2010, um, I did. I was losing my house, obviously. I didn't have a job, and I was doing loan modifications. I started doing loan mods, and, uh, I would charge people for loan modifications. I, I did it on my own house, then my family member's house. And for, it went from there. They started referring their friends and family to me. And, uh, the green light went, the, a, a big light went on and I started charging to do loan modifications In 2010, um, there was this new rule that was going to come out that you needed to be licensed to do, to charge, to do loan modifications. And a lot of my clients were coming back at me at the end of 2010 saying, you lowered my payment, but <clears throat> I still owe a lot of money. And the house is not even worth a third of that. Uh, how do I get out of this? And the only way to get out of it, in my opinion, at that time, was to do a short sale. So it was, uh, it was a no-brainer that I needed to get my real estate license in the beginning of 2011. And in April 2010 11 is when I got my roasted license and so that's the reason why I got my roasted license is because a lot of these uh, a lot of these clients that I had done loan modifications for were kind of banging on my door per se to to do short sales
0: you got into the real estate side to do the short sales and it sounds like that first year was 2011 you had a pool of people that you were working with. Did you have a, a fast start then in real estate in 2011 or was it a slower start? What do you think?
1: I hit the ground running because of, of the clientele that wanted to do wanted to do a short sale on their house. Uh, I got my license and as soon as I got my license, within the first two months, I had 29, list, 29 listings. Uh, the 29 listings, 28 of them were short sales. And I, my broker at that time, was just, uh, I didn't know anybody in the industry. I didn't have a family member. I didn't have, I didn't know anybody in, in the industry at that time. Everybody was running away from short sales and <laughs> I was running towards them. And uh, people were telling me I was crazy cause I wanted to get into this because of short sales, but nonetheless, I knew there was a big need for it. Um, I found there was a need and I, I knew I was good at doing negotiating modifications. I figured negotiating short sales shouldn't be as hard. And, and it wasn't as hard. Loan modifications were a lot more ruthless. They were a lot harder to do versus short sales. They were, uh, in my opinion, they were, uh, there, it was a walk in the park, a short sale versus a loan modification. Um, so I hit the ground running. I came up with 29 listings within my first two months as a real estate agent, planted, uh, the real, the post and the signs in the front yards and started getting a lot of calls, a lot of calls from buyers. So it kind of built from there.
0: Do you recall how many homes you sold that first year in real estate?
1: Well, as you know, short sales, especially in 2011, they did take a while to, to sell. Um, I think the average time at that time was about seven months for an approval letter. So I got my license in April. Um, I didn't sell my first short sale maybe to about September was my first short sale actually sold. But because I was getting a lot of calls from the signs, I did do a lot of buyer representations. Uh, I think my first year, I only did about 22 houses only from April to December. So not not a whole lot.
0: How about that second year? Now that things were ramping up a little bit, did it, did it really take off the second year?
1: It did. It did. The second year, um, I had the pipeline full of, short sales and by the time that uh, 2012 came in I had a bunch of uh, short sell approvals it's called where the lender approved the short sales so I started getting a lot of the short sales selling and a lot of buyers were still in the pipeline and that's actually when I got my first uh, my first hire uh, was in 2012 I got my first admin to help me with all the short sale negotiating and so also, uh, I also got a buyer agent to help me with a lot of the showings for buyers. Uh, I think that second year I did about 115 houses the second year.
0: Wow. That's a really big jump. That's five times as many as that first year you really had filled that pipeline up.
1: Right. And you know, I, I, I it's, I, I believe that whatever you do today as a real estate agent, whatever you do today is going to reflect three months down the road. Uh, So all the prospecting I do today, all the calls I do today, all the meetings or lunches or coffees I do today when I take invite people out for a coffee is going to reflect on my closings three months down the road. So that first year, I, to me, I knew it was filling up that pipeline, especially with short sales that they take so long to close. I was just filling up, filling up that pipeline. And I knew that 2012 was going to be, was going to be a big year.
0: If I'm adding this up right, you've been in the business about five years now. Is that correct?
1: Five and a half, correct.
0: Do you still do short sales now or have you transitioned into retail sales?
1: Well, because of the market has transitioned, I knew I had to transition if I wanted to survive. And if I wanted to thrive as a real estate agent, I knew I had to transition myself. I did transition myself into a traditional market. I think my my 2012 out of that, and some houses that I sold, I would say about 80% of them, 70 to 80% of them were, were short sales, and only about 20% of them were traditional. Where today, it's the other way around, about 15% are short sales, 85% traditionals. Uh, so I was able to transition. I still do short sales because it is my bread and butter and because that is how I got started and because I am a I consider myself an expert as short sales. Uh, so I still target and I still market to people who are underwater in their houses, because I know a lot about short sales. And so I still market to people who are behind on their mortgages, or who you know maybe are are or are in foreclosure. I will send them material and letters and ads to sway them to do a short sale.
0: Most of this call, we're going to talk about your retail business, the traditional side. But just to, to wrap up the, the short sell side, you mentioned you're an expert. If there was someone who bumped into a short sell today, could you give us maybe a 60-second great idea or some concept that they should be focused on to make sure that short sell goes smoothly?
1: Sure. You need to contact the short sell lender at least once a week, even if they tell you, don't call me don't bug us for the next 30 days we're reviewing the documentation don't listen to that you still call every single week at least once a week making sure that the short sale is still moving forward um if you don't if you lose contact with the bank even for even for 2 to 2 to 3 weeks that short sale can easily be bumped out of the short sale department and be moved into a foreclosure or be moved into a loan modification and 30 days later when you go back to check up you may have to start all over so just my only advice would be to be aggressive, make a lot of follow-ups, and, and don't let more than one week pass without talking to the short sale lender.
0: So you've been in the business for five years. How many homes did you sell last year, your fifth year?
1: Last year, I had 165 houses.
0: Do you recall the sales volume on the
1: 165? It was just over $25 million.
0: And I happen to know something, because we talked before this call, and my understanding is of those 165 homes, you run your team a little different than most. You don't have buyer agents running around being part of this 165 homes sold. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
0: You helped all 165 of these sellers and buyers to either buy or sell a home.
1: Correct. The way we do our, our structure, or my structure is I have a, a staff. So my staff, there's a, the listing coordinator that helps me on the listing side, uh, you know, scheduling the pictures and scheduling the lockbox box and the posts and the signs and all that stuff. Um, and then I have a transaction coordinator that takes the deal from contract to close, a marketing director and a business manager. So the business manager and the marketing director and myself, are the three people on my five team staff uh that have a real estate license. So us three are the ones that would go out there with the client to show houses. Um there's a process kinda of like an kind of like an assembly line. The lead comes in. Once the lead comes in there's a process that goes through is if they're added to the CRM, they get sent to the loan officer, if it's a buyer obviously, um the showings, scheduling of the showings and once they're under contract, there's a process all the way through so and all of us work on that same client it's not like we just hand that lead off to an agent and have that agent do everything uh we have an assembly line and one person focuses on three major tasks every single person has three major tasks and they only focus on those three major tasks so they can do it to the best of their ability and at the end of the day the client is is happy because everyone's doing their job you know uh, to, to the best of their ability so Every single client that, that 165 closings or 165 sides, um, I met every single one of those clients. I saw every single one of those clients, and so did my business manager. My transaction coordinator talked to every single one of them. Uh, every single seller, my listing coordinator talked to each and every one of them. So that's kind of the way I run run my staff.
0: Since we started talking about your staff, let's let's fill that out a little bit. Basically, your structure with a buyer is that your marketing director and your business manager, those two folks are licensed and they'll step in to help you do some showings if you're not available. Otherwise, you would be running that buyer around. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
0: So listing coordinator is you get a listing and you, they take care of everything to get it up until a contract and then they hand it over to the transaction coordinator who, who takes it all the way to close. The marketing director, what do they do?
1: Okay. So the marketing director, um, what their job is they, they manage, they help manage the office. Uh, they help manage the team. Um, they also delegate tasks. Um, they'll, they'll get the letters that are sent out to the short sale clients. Uh, they do all that. They do on my Facebook, they do all my Instagram, social media. Um, they'll do, they'll also manage the, for the pictures to be taken on the closings. They manage my client appreciation parties. She also manages my uh, my calendar, and she also manages my. Um, uh, for example, the, we have a, a housewarming party. She schedules all of those out. She also does a uh, house me out with the, the uh, a letter of the heart. So we'll send out a letter of the heart to my database. Uh, so she helps me with all of that. Anything that has to do with that goes out to clients. She helps me with that. Social media, she helps me with that. Any letters go out, she does all of that.
0: And then the business manager
1: he 's kind of like the CEO, so he's responsible for the growth of the business he he checks the he tells me how many leads came in every single week, what the sources of those leads are. He tells me how many are in escrow and uh, how many closings we've had. He uh, maximizes and optimizes our uh, my investment or my return on investment, how much money we're spending on Zillow truly realtor dot com uh, the return on those investments. Uh, he helps me in implement processes and systems. Um, he handles my real gigs accounts, uh, which is like a landing page, a uh, lead management page. And uh, he's the one. Mostly, me and him handle the buyers. Uh, and when we're both busy, then the marketing director handles the, helps us out with showing the buyers. He also facilitates the team meetings as well. So you have
0: four staff members, are they all salaried?
1: They are all salary
0: plus bonuses. How does the, the bonus structure work? Is that based on your number of transactions closed or sales volume or, or how do you do the bonuses?
1: It's kind of sales volume. It's really based on how much money comes in that month. So gross commission. So if we hit a certain amount of gross commission per month or anything over that, then we all get a, a little bonus. So we all get a piece of the pie. I I didn't want to run as my staff as a, as a fat cat to say, well, I'm the only one that's happy and benefiting, living a good life from all these closings.
0: You know, <laughs> I don't
1: want I don't want that. I wanted all of my staff to feel benefited. We all work hard. We all get paid good. Uh, if we all strive to meet our goals or hit our goals, and and we hit our quotas, then we all get benefited, uh, not just me the team lead being the one benefited uh, each and every one of us gets benefited. Obviously the uh, marketing director and the business manager, their bonuses are a little bit higher than the transaction coordinator and the listing coordinator, uh, because they're the ones out there in the field with me. And they're the ones, uh, out there meeting the clients, shaking hands and kissing babies per se. Um, uh, so we all get benefited. We all get a bonus when we hit our, our monthly girls, uh, commissions, uh, goals.
0: You said that every person on the staff has three tasks that they're responsible for, three major tasks. Could you tell us what those are off the top of your head for each staff member?
1: Sure. Off the top of my head, the marketing director, it's, it's, her name is Casey. Off the top of my head, that I'm, I don't have them written down in front of me, but off the top of my head, what I know that they do is she manages the people in my office. So she manages the transaction coordinator and the listing coordinator and what she's managing is mailing out marketing material to the short sales leads so that's that's number one so she's managing the people in the office uh sending out the materials and that's one thing the second thing that she does is she manages all my social media accounts that's the second one and the third thing that she does as well is she manages my calendar uh events parties um meeting with clients, lunches with clients, coffees with clients. So those are the three things that her main three tasks that she does. Uh, Modesto who's uh, the more like the business manager or CEO per se, uh, how I see him as a CEO is he manages my bank account. He's the one that counts the money in and money out. Uh, He, that's his number one task is making sure we're being profitable, making sure that when we're spending our money on marketing, where we're spending our money is we're getting a return on it. He's counting the leads, he's counting um, the closings, he's counting the escrows, he's counting maximizing and optimizing our investments. That's number one task. Second task that he does is he acts as a buyer. He acts as a buyer consultant because uh, he is right now responsible uh, for creating the systems and processes. So as right now he is acting as a buyer consultant, creating the system for that, putting it in place, getting the check marks, uh, checklist. After that's done, then obviously most likely we're going to hire somebody to do that, uh, hire a fifth person to do all of what he's doing right now. And uh, those are the three things that he's, that he's responsible for or his task. Mine, uh, I'm kind of like the face of the team kind of like the artist, I'm the one that goes out there and shakes the hands and kisses the babies. And I do the pop buys. I do a pop by to clients and I'll bring a gift. Um, I'll do the, I go out to the lunches and the coffees. I go out to the hand, the keys and take the pictures with the clients. Um, I do the follow-up calls 30 days after the close three months after close and a year after close to say congratulations on the, on their yearly anniversary. Uh, so those are my three tasks, and build, build, and foster relationships with the vendors. So those are my three tasks. Now remember, I'm I've only been doing this for five and a half years, and it's, it's, it's constantly evolving. This is an industry that I had zero idea about. Um, I don't have any background in real estate, so I'm I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And in five and a half years, I'm able to do this. And I thought it would be best to. Uh, build a staff versus build a team. And so far, it's, it's working out pretty good for me and my team.
0: One more interesting stat. How many homes have you sold now in your short career, the five years?
1: I counted it last week, early last week, and that was a total of 597. Uh, since then, I think we've closed about five houses, so I'm just over 600 now. Probably 602 or 603.
0: Do you know the sales volume on that?
1: Again, last week on the 597 it was 77,556,000. I'm not counting the other 5, I'm probably about close to 79 million maybe.
0: Let's step back for a minute. Make sure everyone knows where you are. Keep in mind this information goes out to people all over the world. So could you tell us where is Phoenix, Arizona?
1: So Arizona is between New Mexico and California, we're neighbors to, to California. Phoenix is right in the heart, and it is the capital of Arizona. Um, it's probably three and a half hours from the border of Mexico. So it's right in the heart of Arizona, Phoenix, and normally the, the summers is pretty, pretty hot in the summers, uh, temperature wise, and in the winter like uh, today is really, really nice. <laughs>
0: Do you know what the the population is there in the Metro Phoenix area?
1: Metro Phoenix is a little over 4 million people. If you count the surrounding suburbs of Metropolitan Phoenix, about 4 million. Can you
0: describe your current real estate market?
1: So houses, the prices have been going up for the past four years. Um, The average price of a house is about 220000 is the average. Now, um, as I said earlier, I got into the industry. I got into the business doing short sales, so my price point, if you got a calculator, as I'm giving giving up my numbers, price point is below that average of 220. I'm about probably 160,000. Um, I did get into the uh, lower to mid uh, range on the houses. Uh, West Phoenix is where I specialize in, and price points here are under 200,000. West Phoenix, South Phoenix. Is where I kind of got started, and that's where a lot of the short sales came, short sales came as well. Do
0: you know your average days on the market?
1: Average days on the market right now on on mid houses about 220 to 250 thousand are about 65 days on the market. The lower you go, the uh, I have houses under 160 thousand. Those are probably be on the market for 14 to 20 days. And the higher you go, those will stay a little bit longer. For example, $450,000 house here will probably be on the market about 90 to 110 days.
0: You said that the prices have been moving up for the last four years. Do you think they've leveled out or are they continuing to move up?
1: They're continuing to move up. I had a prediction that they're going to be leveling off um, uh, this uh, this past month. I My prediction was they're going to level off and but I, I was wrong. <laughs> There's still a lot of movement and uh, prices continue to go up. I mean, it's a good thing, you know, prices are going up. It's always a good thing.
0: You mentioned that your original niche was, first of all, you you did loan modifications, then you got into short sales. Now you're doing a lot more traditional. You're getting a lot of business right now out of past clients and sphere of influence. It's about 45% of your business. Let's talk about that for a few minutes how big is your database of past clients and sphere of influence?
1: So when I did the loan modifications, I did 155 successful loan modifications. So, um, and a lot of, I think probably a little over a hundred of those actually did a, did a short sale. Um, so that's a, that's a good chunk. Um, right now in my database, I have what's called, I don't know if you read the book, uh, the seven levels of communication, um, but I strongly recommend that if uh, if you want to work with, with your database, I strongly recommend the seven levels of communication by Michael Mayer. Um, so I have a, a um, a list of, uh, I call it my top clients. Then there's my favorite clients and my top business people. And you're supposed to have 50 of each, right? 50 top clients, 50 and top clients would be clients that have worked with you and has referred to you and they've either bought or sold multiple houses with you. Those are top clients, uh, favorite people are people you would like to do business with. And it can be, you know, it can be a builder. It can be, uh, your pastor, It can be your yoga instructor, whatever. Um, and then the business people are vendors, you know, uh, they can be a tax accountant an attorney. Uh, so you'd get, a, you get 50 of each and, those are your top ones. Where, to me, what I do with these top 150, and I actually have like 175, just because I don't like to boot anybody out. I, I have extra people on my uh, top clients and favorites. But what I do with them is I stock them on Facebook uh, for any life events. They just had a baby. Uh, they just had a baby. I'll, you know, I have a special gift. I send them out when they just have a baby. Or their grandmother passed away. We send flowers every same day. Um, birthdays, we have a birthday program where we send out cupcakes the day of their birthday. Um, if they're, you know, let's say they any they have a a a a kid who's graduating from high school or college, we have a gift for that. So only for these 175 people, we do these special things where we stalk. I stalk them, where I have somebody that stalks them, and then. Actually, my listing coordinator, she's the one that stocks them, and then we'll send out a gift to them uh, depending on whatever event is going on in, in their life. Um, and I think that's the reason why I have a pretty strong referral source is because my database refers me a lot be- because of that. Uh, I'm always staying top of mind, and a lot of people will appreciate me because, they're you know, somebody sends them a cupcake on their birthday, and then they send them flowers when their grandma passes away, and then... You know, they send them another gift to their kid who graduated high school and then they get a Christmas present. You're always staying top of mind and more likely to refer you.
0: You've got these three different groups, about 175 people in these top three groups. First group you mentioned was top clients. How many people are in that top client group?
1: That was the one that has the most. I want to have 70 people on that one.
0: Now, you've got more than 70 past clients. You've got almost 10 times that many. How do you decide who's going to be in this special group?
1: So, obviously, it has to be people that you, that you like, right? It has to be people that, that you like and that like you. Uh, and the way we decide is people who refer us a lot, uh, people who use us a lot, who have bought more than one or two houses with us and who have referred us at least two or three times. So that's what it takes to make, you know, that, that cuts as uh, referrals. And, and, um, for example, let's say somebody on Facebook says, oh, does anybody know of a good realtor? All of the 70 people without a, without a doubt, I know they would comment and say, Daniel Barraza is the one to call. So that's what it takes to make that 70, uh, top client list. Now, again, the list, the list is only supposed to be 50. And and the idea behind that is, the idea behind that is that you can only really be in close touch with up to 150 people. It's really hard to be in touch with, let's say, a lot of people say, or a lot of people think, well, I have 4,000 friends on Facebook, but really, you don't talk to the 4,000 people on Facebook, or you don't know everything that's going on with those 4,000 people. Uh, You can really be in close touch with at least 150 people. Uh, you know what's going on in their life. You know their birthdays. You know, in um, any big life events. Uh, so the goal is to have 150. But to me, these 70 are really my top clients.
0: Now, how about that? The next group, the favorites. These are people that you like and they like you, but they haven't done referrals or repeats yet. Is that the idea?
1: Well, these these favorite people um, are people who have referred me. Uh, But they have not bought with me yet. So they're not clients. That's why they're my favorite and not in my clients. Uh, If they were my clients, it would be top clients. So they're my favorite because uh, they constantly refer me. um, And I would like to do business with them. Meaning if they were to buy or sell, um, my hope is that they would use me to do that. And how many people
0: are in that group?
1: In that group, there's 65. And
0: I'm sorry, I cut you off, Daniel. What were you going to say?
1: Anybody I put in my favorite category and they're receiving gifts from me and they're receiving letters from me and they're receiving letter of the heart from me and they're receiving calls from me and I'm taking them out to lunch. When they buy or sell, I'm pretty confident they're going to use me for that.
0: The third group you mentioned was top business people and you mentioned those are vendors like accountants and attorneys. How did you build that list and how many people are in there?
1: There's about 40 people on that list. The majority of them are accountants, tax accountants, or CPAs. And the reason I got to build that list was because I was noticing I was getting a lot of referrals from tax accountants. Uh, so I got the idea to reach out to more tax accountants and make and make a list of tax accountants and put them in my database of, uh, you know, for them getting my letters of the hearts and for them getting a birthday cake and... And for them getting a Christmas gift, uh, again, because they come across so many people, they come across so many clients that they're doing taxes. And a lot of them, they're in front of them and they're talking about money and they're talking about finances. The subject of real estate often comes up. The tax attorneys, I haven't had, I have about maybe seven or eight attorneys on that list. Honestly, I haven't had any luck. As far as getting referrals from them, but nonetheless, I, I still reach out to them and they still get gifts and they still get letters of the hearts. The goal is to eventually be a referral source that they refer me as their roasted agent.
0: This referral source, these vendor referrals, if I understand correctly, it was about 8% of your business last year. So it was a good little chunk. They are referring business to you. How did you first meet them? Did you just build this list because you looked in the phone book or did you go out and knock on their door and say, hello? How did you build this list of CPAs and, and uh, tax attorneys?
1: It's funny because they, I started being referred by a lot of these tax accountants. They would find me on Facebook or they would see me on Facebook handing keys. So they would reach out to me. That, that's, uh, at first, that's how I started building it. Then I started going on the offensive and going after these tax accountants, I would see, for example, a sign when I'm driving home or I'm driving to a listing appointment and if I was early and I see the sign, okay, uh, write it, write it down. And the next day I'll stop by with a box of donuts and say, hi, here's my business cards uh, and just get to know them and give them the donuts and um, invite them out to lunch. Uh, So I would just drive by and, and if I ever see somebody doing taxes, it was a good a good idea to stop by and hand some donuts and take them off for uh, a lunch. Now, a lot of them would cancel the lunch appointment, so I would not add them to my, to my vendor list of business people. I only add to my vendor list of business people vendors who accept my lunch date because now we've come face-to-face. Now they know who I am. They've seen me. I, you know, went on a lunch with them or I went to drink coffee with them. We We broke bread, and I think there's a special connection there. Because uh, whenever somebody is willing to eat in front of you, they're kind of letting their defenses down and kind of opening up. Um, so those are the people I add to my a business, my database of business people is because they already see me and they know me. Uh, but if they if I drop off donuts and I invite them to lunch and they don't, you know, they counsel on me or they end up disappearing and they never answer me, then I don't want to be sending them cupcakes for their birthday. <laughs> or I wouldn't want to be, you know, sending them, you know, gifts for Christmas, uh per se, you know.
0: Well Daniel, it sounds like you have somewhere around oh, 70, just under a hundred people from your past clients that are in this this top notch database, but you also have these other four or five hundred people who have done business with you in the past. Do you keep them in a separate database?
1: I do, I do. So the the hundred and seventy people they get uh, they get cupcakes for the birthday. Uh, they they also get you know Christmas gifts. They get the letter of the heart. Uh, they get uh, evidence of success. So they get you know, those they get at le- they get touched at least. I would say 15 to 16 times a year. Um, people on the other database, of people who have clothes, they'll get the letter of the heart, which is just a letter uh, kind of saying, kind of a year in review or uh, just telling them where I'm at you know, in my business, in my life, or a special life event happened in my life. Like I had a baby. I'll write this letter. This is the baby I just had. I feel so fortunate, so blessed. And That goes out to everybody that has clothes with me. And obviously, my top 170 people that I have in my database as well, but they don't get a birthday cupcake. They will get a birthday card, but with no cupcakes. And uh, these are clients who who bow with me, but um, haven't really referred me or, or, you know, weren't. I guess uh, you you just ha- you can only be in touch with so many people. You, you kind of have to cut out you know you can everybody can't make the list in other words but i still reach out to them I, they still get something from me
0: now a quick word from our sponsor real gtv real estate agent lead generation television where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month need more leads hit the pause button right now open google and search real gtv That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV. Now, back to the show. So you basically have two two plans going, two marketing plans at one time. You got this this top group that's been doing a lot of referrals and repeats or has the potential to do so. That's your 175. And then you've got this secondary list that they know you, their, their past clients, their friends. And they just get a, a lower level marketing plan because they aren't doing as much business with you, but you still want to stay in touch with them. So let's go back into all the things. If you were to map it out on a year basis, all the things you do to these top referrers, and I'll, I'll just read back to you some of the things that you mentioned. You said the cupcake on the birthday, a Christmas gift, a letter of the heart, evidence of success. You mentioned you're trying to contact them 15 to 16 times per year. Are these all tangible things? Do you also send out emails? Do you make phone calls?
1: Yep, so I do slide dial. Uh, slide dial is, uh, for example, you can leave voicemails to multiple people. Um, and basically what the voicemail just says, it will say, hi, this is Daniel Barraza. Just calling you to wish you, uh, uh, hope you and your family have a great Thanksgiving, uh, remember calories don't count on Thanksgiving. So have a feast, uh, and have a good conversation with you and your loved ones from my family to yours, happy Thanksgiving. And that's the voicemail I left recently. So I use slide dial and slide. Dial sends that out to as many as a thousand people if you want. Um, so that, that, that's the one I used to send up to, to, I send that voicemail out to about 550 people. Uh, which is my top clients, my 170 database and people who have clothes with me and people who are in escrow and people who are uh, on credit plans. So I use dial, I, I do email blast. That's another touch. Text message. That's another touch. And everything, I do it in, in mass because uh, obviously it's really hard to do it one by one, one by one. You have to do kind of a mass. So I do a mass text, a mass email and obviously mass voicemail. Um, but to the 170, they, they get a little bit more perks. Uh, they get the handwritten thank you cards. Uh, they get the handwritten birthday cards. They get, uh, uh, you know, again, they get a little bit of special treatment on those top 170.
0: Where are you keeping these people? What kind of database? Are you using a, a particular software?
1: Yeah, the database I use is called Big Purple Dots. Uh, I was very fortunate to uh, start with them when they were cheap. (laughs) I only pay uh, about $20 a month for that database. Um, I think now it's about $45 a month, and they have a sign-up fee. Uh, So I was fortunate to get in when it was a little bit cheaper and no sign-up fee back then.
0: You mentioned Earlier, One of the things you do with these folks, these past clients, fear of influence, these people that uh, are in your database, you do a past client party or event. What is that?
1: Yeah, I do a client appreciation party. And this last year was my biggest one and the, the, I think the, the funnest one I've ever had. Um, this past one that we had, we had it in late October. And it was a kind of like a carnival style. So we had booths of little games for kids. We had it at a park. Uh, We had jump houses and uh, we had a lot of, uh, uh, we had cotton candy, we had the popcorn, we had hot dogs and we had the turkey legs. And so we had very, uh, that kind of, it kind of when you go to a carnival, that's kind of feeling you you had. So we call it the Barraza team, carnival client appreciation. And uh, we had a big turnout. We had about 200 people show up. Uh, I wasn't expecting that many people. Uh, but it's a good problem to have. Um, two, about 200 people showed up, and it was the best best party I've ever had. A lot of pictures taken. So every year I do a client appreciation, and I always do it around my birthday, which is is in October. Uh, as an incentive too, to reach out to clients and say hi, it's going to be my birthday in October. I want to invite you to my client appreciation party to celebrate you and to celebrate me at the same time. Uh, but this last year one was my biggest one, and I, I would have to say the funnest one.
0: How much does a, a big party like that cost?
1: This one came up about five thousand dollars, and that included the the uh, sending out letters to uh, like actual invitations. Uh, so about five thousand dollars, but again, vendors help can help out with that. Uh, you know, vendors, that title companies, or uh, lenders, and insurance companies, and home inspection companies, and warranty companies. They all pitch in, so uh, at the end of the day, out of my pocket is about two grand. So not not too bad to be in touch, be face to face with two hundred of your past clients a, a, in one day.
0: No doubt about that. That's maybe ten dollars a piece. Do you see a, an immediate return out of this? Can you track business that comes out of this event?
1: It's really hard to track it, but because we because my uh, uh, um, my business manager. He does a weekly, and before I, he just started with me six months ago. Again, I've been doing this for five and a half years. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. Since he came on, I'm, I was able to physically uh, see the the increase of this kind of appreciation. So the leads start coming in, not necessarily right after the party, but leading up to the party and right after the party, because the, these clients are getting letters from from me for inviting them. They're getting a Facebook invite from me. I'm, I'm calling them personally to make sure that they're going. So when I'm on the phone with them, you know, a week before the event, they'll say, "Oh, you know what? There's a coworker looking to buy a house. Uh, I'm going to talk to him about you." Then I'll follow up with that client, and sure enough, I get the lead. Um, but I, I knew it, it would work, but I never started seeing it until this past one that I had, because I have the weekly meeting with my business manager. He showed me referrals. And normally referrals from the database or the sources, normally it's in a week, you always see about five or six. And the week before the events and the week after, it was triple. It was 15 um, the week before and the week after. So there was obviously a lot of leads that came from that database that I was reaching out to
0: if I'm doing the math right, you could at least assume that you're immediately getting about 20 referrals, 20 extra referrals that you wouldn't have had. Correct. Let me ask this. You mentioned you, you make these phone calls to invite people out when you're talking with your past clients and these folks in this database, do you ask for referrals directly or does it just happen because you're in contact with them?
1: Yeah, you know, I've met, I've, my business manager, um, kind of yells at me because I've n- I don't ask for referrals. Uh, he tells me we would get more referrals if you ask. <laughs> and, and I just, um, I, I feel kind of weird to ask him for referrals and, and, um, but he, he, I've been learning a lot he, and he's saying you've been doing, you're adding value to your clients, right? You add a lot of value to them. You give them com- comparables of their house six months after they buy with you and, a year after they buy with you and then after that every year you're sending them comps and where the market is so you're constantly giving them value every time you call a follow up if there's an issue you give them value by saying oh we'll call this company or call this vendor or call this handyman you're always giving value so if you're always giving value um you can ask for a withdrawal it's like going to your uh, bank and you make, you make deposits of value, you make deposits of value. You can't go to the ATM and ask for a withdrawal. Uh, he, my business manager told me you should feel, um, embarrassed to ask for a withdrawal when you don't make any deposits. But if you've been making deposits, it's okay to ask for a referral. Um, we just had, we've been creative on how we ask for those referrals. Um, as opposed to saying, Hey, do you know anybody that's looking to buy or sell at the moment? Um, instead of saying something like that, uh, the way I say it to them, uh, when I see them or talk to them or take them out to lunch is if a coworker or one of your family members, if he knew they were interested in buying a house, uh, what would you tell them? Who would you refer them? And obviously nine times out of 10, they would say, they would say me. So And then that kind of triggers in their brain, oh, yeah, I got somebody. Oh, yeah, I, I remember my cousin is looking for a house or something like that.
0: You basically ask them who they would refer to rather than asking them for a name of somebody that they would refer to.
1: That is correct.
0: You've mentioned that you have this, I think it's called a, you called it a database birthday program. What is the database birthday program? Is it just the cupcakes or are you doing something else as well?
1: Yes, it's just a cupcake. Cupcakes for the top 170 uh, database. For the database that has bought a house with me, and they're not in the top, they do get a birthday card. But if they are in the top uh, 170, they do get cupcakes. And where do those cupcakes
0: come from? Is it just a local bakery? Are you making those up yourself? Uh, how are they getting out there?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a local bakery. Their uh, their name is uh, Bun Cakes. So they're literally about uh, five minutes from my office. So they, I buy so many cupcakes from them. They give me discounts as well. So it's always nice to support local businesses and at the same time get a little discount as well because we buy so many.
0: Do those cupcakes get delivered by that company, or do they get delivered by you and your
1: staff? No, I have. I do have a courier. Uh, that company, they do do. They do uh, that service as well. Uh, but it, it, it's a little bit more pricey. If they do it, I have a courier that, and uh, he only charges me seven dollars. So seven dollars for delivery is not not too bad. The cupcakes come to me because of my discount. I get it for twelve fifty. So I'm spending about twenty bucks for cupcakes and delivery. Um, so it's not not too bad.
0: And then do you attach a, a private message, a private note, handwritten note?
1: Yep, handwritten notes saying, uh, you know, depending on who the client is, if it's a family member or depending on who they are or how they are, I'll write something nice that's personal.
0: Daniel, I think you've, you've also mentioned that after someone purchases their home from you, it sounds like you have an immediate plan put in place to make sure that they get into that new home and that they know that you're around and feel good about it. For instance, I, I believe you mentioned a, a housewarming party. You've also mentioned follow-up calls at 30, 60, and 90 days. Did I get that correct? It sounds like you have a plan for right after they close.
1: Yes, that is correct. The housewarming, the housewarming party is is, is my, probably my second favorite uh, thing to do. The, the first is my client appreciation. I always have a lot of fun with those. Uh, but the housewarming party is probably my second one because um, there's a – Certificate that we give them on the day of closing and the certificate the way the certificate only get can be uh, what's the word the certificate can be validated only if they post a picture and they tag us on Facebook of us handing the keys to them so I will take a picture for my for myself, but then I take a picture with I use their cell phone to take a picture of me handing keys to them and the housewarming party a uh, certificate gets validated. Um, as long as they post on their Facebook, on their own Facebook, tagging us saying, thank you, Uh, I got my house. Finally. Thank you so much. My realtor, Daniel Barasa for helping me out. And they post that picture. The certificate gets validated. The reason we did it that way is because we always put pictures of on our business page and I would share it on my Facebook page. And I would even tag the clients saying, congratulations to the Martinez family on their house purchase. And it would get, you know, maybe 50 to 70 likes. A few people may comment here and there, but I noticed when the clients did it themselves, when they posted on their own Facebook and they would tag us, they would get up to 200 likes and a bunch of comments, a bunch of people saying, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. When's the party? So they would get a lot more activity if they did it versus if we did it. So we now tell them to do it and uh, to tag us. And that validates the housewarming party. Uh, the housewarming party, what we do is uh, we bring a, a taco guy. And uh, the taco guy goes there with his whole setup. And he also brings drinks. He brings the, you know, the plates, the forks, and he makes the tacos right there. Uh, the same. We don't take like a catering we don't take uh you know box food or anything like that the taco guy makes the tacos on the spot so people clients love that
0: how big are these parties typically how many people usually show up
1: anywhere between 40 to between 30 to 60 people will show up depending on obviously where the client is if they have a lot of family members or a lot of friends
0: and do you try to attend those
1: Yes. Yes, I do. I do try to attend each and every one. Up until now, I've been able to go to every single one of them. Uh, Those are always on the weekend, on a Saturday or Sunday night. Saturday or Sunday nights, I'm normally not working. So um, those days, I'm pretty free. So I do go to those. And I won't stay for the whole party. I'll probably stay there for maybe 30 minutes. And I'll show up and I'll pay the, the taco guy. And I'll say hi to the homeowner and oftentimes he'll take me around and present me to their family or present me to other friends, friends that he may have. And I'll pass my cards around and, and then I'll leave after a half hour. Cause this is their party. You know, it's, it's them with their family. And I don't want to kind of be, you know, be infringing on them. And I want them to have fun with, with, uh, with their party.
0: How much does, that cost to do this event, to have the taco guy there. Do you send out announcements for the people as well, or is it just you provide the food and the, the
1: drink? I just pro- I just provide the food and the drink. It's up to the client to invite whoever they want to invite. And it's $360, which is pretty good for 50, a party for 50 people. It includes tacos on the spot and drinks, $360. And um, I split that with the lender that helped them buy it. So, I'll spend half 160, and the lender will spend half one. I'm sorry, 180, and the the lender will spend 180. So I'm not not too bad.
0: Does the lender typically show up as well?
1: She shows up too, but uh, she only goes to about half of them. She doesn't go. She can't make it to a lot of them.
0: Wow, that's great! You're getting introduced to all those people. I like the idea that you had there for the Facebook. For them to post that picture, I assume the parties also talked about in there, you're getting a lot of free press.
1: That is correct. With this day and age with social media, I mean, you have to jump on that. You just have to jump on that. Um, I, don't, I you know, don't mean to step on any toes, but I just don't get real estate agents who do not have a Facebook page. I just don't understand that at all. Uh, you have to do that.
0: Now, you also mentioned that part of your closing follow-up is some phone calls that you make, and, I, and I'm trying to make sure I got it right. Did you say 30, 60, and 90 days out?
1: Yes, 30, 60, and 90-day follow-up. And what happens
0: during those conversations?
1: Sure. So the 30, the first call that I make and the 30-day after closing, that conversation is, how's everything going? Are you all settled in? Are you all moved in? And normally that first conversation is when they have most of the questions and, and the questions were most likely is, um, when do I start paying my HOA? Am I going to get something on the mail for the HOA? Am I going to get something from the mail for my title? Uh, um, am I going to get something in the, so the utilities, um, where did, where am I going to get the key for, uh, for this or that for my mail? So a lot of those questions about, uh, will come in during that 30 day on the first call. On the second call, on the 60-day, they're just happy to hear from me, and they're all settled in, and they're pretty – they're good. On the 90-day, same thing. Uh, 90-day, they're all settled in. Everything's good. On the 90-day, sometimes they'll say, you know what, I noticed uh, my garage door is not closing all the way down, or my dishwasher has a glitch. Uh, At that point, obviously, I make sure all the buyers have a home warranty, so I give them the home warranty phone number for them to call. Uh, and oftentimes they, they throw away the phone number. So for me to call them and give them that phone number, I'm pretty appreciative that uh, I was able to call and help them out with that.
0: So it sounds like you're making those calls personally, not your staff.
1: That is correct. I make, I make those calls. Now, my, now my marketing director, she, she has a list of who I need to call every day. She handles my calendar So she gives me my list of calls. You can call this client, they closed on this house 60 days ago, and this client closed 90 days ago. Uh, So she gives me my list every day.
0: Let me ask a, a, a little different question here, Daniel. I've been listening to you for a little bit. Have you ever taken the DISC personality profile test, the DISC?
1: Yes, I have.
0: And how do you score on that? I'm a high D
1: and a high I.
0: I figured, I just wanted to double check. You said you're the face of the company, like meeting with people, talking to them and interacting.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I tell people, you know, my business manager, the CEO that I call him, he looks at the bank statements and he looks at the money coming in and coming out. And a lot of people tell me, how could you do that? How can you give control over that to somebody else? And the answer is pretty easy. I, I hate doing that. I hate counting... You know, the money, and I hate counting this. Just get me out there with people. Get me out there shaking hands and kissing babies. Get me out there meeting people, taking people to lunch, and just meeting new people. I hate to be sitting, you know, in the office and behind a desk and going over these numbers and calculating this and that, and that's why I hired somebody to do all that for me. And it was a great hire because uh, we have cut a lot of expenses, a lot of areas that I thought were working out, obviously are not working out. Uh, we've cut a we've cut a lot of money on, for example. I've, now I know for a lot of agents, this Zillow and Trulia does work. Uh, for me, I guess I don't have the right systems in place to to uh, handle Trulia and seller leads. But we've cut a, we've cut a lot of money on that, and we've focused more money on, for example, the housewarming parties. We've allocated that money from the Zillow and Trulia over to the housewarming parties. Uh, so hiring somebody to take care of that so that I can be out there meeting people uh, to me was, was a good hire.
0: I assume that you still have some controls over that though. Do you have a a weekly or a monthly meeting to go over those numbers with your business manager?
1: Yes, weekly. I do. I meet with them, sit down with them every Monday morning and go over those numbers and go over the, how many leads came in and where the sources was, how much money, how many, how how much commissions have come in and how much money we paid out to what sources.
0: Do you use one of those CPAs to help you with your finances at the the end of the year?
1: Yes. Yes, we use QuickBooks, so it's pretty easy. We input everything in QuickBooks, send it over to the CPA, and they take care of the taxes.
0: So I assume that CPA, in a way, is kind of overseeing your business manager on that money side to make sure everything looks like it's flowing correctly. Correct. Kind of like another little check and balance.
1: Yep, yep, and and that kind of stuff just again, you know that that kind of stuff just weighs me down, <laughs> but I know it's very important and it has to get done. So,
0: what I'd like to do though is shift gears for a second. And you brought it up. You you have internet leads as well. That's about twenty one percent of your business. You mentioned Facebook, Zillow, Realtor dot com, Trulia. What are you doing for internet leads? How's that working? Do you think it's been uh, valuable? You were mentioning you've been cutting expenses there. Tell us more about your internet lead side of the business.
1: Sure. About 14.5% of my internet leads is Facebook alone. So uh, the other 7% would be Zillow and uh, and Trulia. Um, and I do want a presence on Trulia and Zillow, and I'm going to give a little a little nugget uh, for anybody who any listing agents listening. Um, I, I have Zillow and Trulia because on my listings, I'm exclusive for my listings. So on my listings, no other agent can sponsor or can pay for marketing and certain zip code. And on my listings, I'm the only realtor that shows up on there. And that's a big selling point on my listing presentation. When I meet sellers, I tell them, I show them, I open up the Zillow app and I show them, look, this is what you're going to see on most of the houses that are for sale. You see four realtors on the bottom that are trying to sell your house. If they get a buyer, if they get a call from a buyer, that realtor is going to show them another 20 or 30 houses. Um, If I get the call, my priority is to get them to buy your house. So I'll show them your house. If they don't like it, then I'll show them the 20 or 30 other houses. Um, But when you list with me, my listings are exclusive are exclusive to me and I pay extra for that. So I, that's a selling point that I tell my sellers and it works. A lot of, a lot of sellers are are pretty, uh, pretty impressed by that. So I do pay for um, my own listings that I'm the only realtor that gets to market them. So that's the reason why I spend that money on Trillion Zillow versus buying buyer leads. I don't pay for that anymore. Although I do get buyer leads from my own listings, obviously.
0: You mentioned Facebook is about fourteen percent of those. What are you doing on Facebook?
1: So on Facebook, I'm getting. Uh, I do have a business page, and we do. We probably spend about uh, about two about three hundred dollars a month, which is not a lot. Um, and I put a real gigs account. I have a real gigs account, which is kind of like Boomtown or Commissions Inc., um, where I put up you know houses in certain zip code. And there's a link in there of houses. And after the third house they clicked, it asked them to sign in with their, with their information. And if they sign in with their information, obviously, I've captured a lead. But most of that, 14 and a half percent, actually come from my personal page. From my personal pages where a lot of the buyers, they tag me uh, on the picture of them, having, them receiving the keys. They'll tag me, my personal page. So I get a lot of messages through my personal page saying, hello, you help so-and-so buy a house. We're interested in buying a house. Or, hello, I see you sell houses. I'm interested in selling my house. So I do get a lot of personal messages on my personal page.
0: Do you do any business promotion on your personal page, or is it just coming through there because they know your name?
1: You know, not a, I don't do a whole lot on my personal page. On my personal page, I do about 30% business, 70% personal. Pictures of me with my kids or me going on a date with my wife, or, you know, just, and very rare, like 30% of the time I'll be, you know, here's me at an open house. Uh, I'm, I'm in such a sensitive code. Um, so 30% business, 70% uh, personal. And the reason why is because people need to know you're, you're a real person. People need to relate to you, uh, you know, as a real person versus you always, you know, 100% of your stuff on Facebook is, Business, you're going to turn off a lot of people. People don't want to be your friend so you can give them a bunch of ads of houses or why you're the best realtor in town. Uh, People will get turned off by that pretty quick. So that's what my personal page, I do want to keep it as personal as possible, but at the same time, still letting them know, hey, I am a realtor and I can't help you buy or sell your house. So 30% business, 70% personal. And uh, my marketing director helps me with that. She'll tell me, hey, you've been posting too much business stuff, or, hey, you haven't put anything about real estate this week. So uh, we we, we were very intentional in that. In my business page, it's all business, 100% business. Obviously, it's a business page.
0: Let's do this. Let's shift gears again, Daniel. You also have an investors program that's been about 15% of your business so, again, that's another nice little chunk. You probably had, what, maybe 25 closings or so last year there. What is your investor program?
1: So the investor program are a lot of the investors who buy my uh, short sales, they'll turn around and list them with me, and I give them an incentive because, I mean, I, I, am, I am already getting, you know, the 3% for representing the seller on the um, short sale, another 3% for bringing the investor to buy that short sale. So I'm already getting 6%. So I give them a discount on the listing. So I'll give them a discount. I only list it for half of what I normally realtors charge. So one and a half percent, I would charge for the listing side and 3% for the buyer side. Um, so they like that little discount and still providing that first class service and, uh, and at the same time. So those investors, um, they're in my business, they're part of my, you know, that database we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. the ones with the tax accountants and attorneys, they're in there too. So they're getting my letters of the hearts. My letters of the hearts, it's, it's really personal. They kind of, you know, telling them, it's literally a letter of the heart. Uh, I wrote a letter when my grandpa passed away. I wrote a letter when when I had my, my child. I wrote a letter, you know, taking my wife out to our six year anniversary. So it's very personal, letting them know who, who I am and, and why I love what I do. So these investors are also getting those letters and, and they're part of that birthday program too. And, and even their kids, they get a birthday card, they get a birth, um, for the kids. I also send out a birthday card, but it's a $2 bill. And I remember this because there was an investor who I send them out. He'd never used me, but I had him in my database because he, I went out to lunch with he would, he, I went out to lunch with him and he had a bunch of houses he was selling. His brother was uh, was a realtor. So he was using his brother. But I still put him in my database uh, just because I knew, in the back of my head, that he wasn't happy. So I send. The, I, I saw on Facebook he put that his it was his son's five year birthday. So I sent his son a little birthday card with a two dollar bill in there. So he calls me and he's he he starts listing his houses with me from that two dollar <laughs> from that two dollar bill. <laughs> so uh, that's the program I have is is I give him a discount because they list a lot of houses with me and. They have a lot of houses, obviously, so I give them a discount on the listing and kind of maximize that listing by putting a sign there, by uh, obviously promoting it on Facebook, by doing open houses and try to generate more leads from that listing.
0: Most of those investors you mentioned you met because they came in to purchase one of your short sales or one of your discounted properties.
1: Correct. That is correct. Most of them.
0: Are you profitable?
1: Yes. So that's another big reason why I hired my uh, business manager, right? Uh, he, his main goal was to make sure I'm profitable. And again, we realtors go 100 miles an hour and we spend all this money here and all this money there and all this money everywhere. And We, at the end of the day, we're breaking even. So what's, what's the use of me spending $10,000 a month on Zillow when I'm only making $10,000 a month on from Zillow. It, it defeats the purpose. You have to work all this, work hard driving out to properties, showing up these houses and spending money here and there on, on helping out the client buy this house. Really, you're working for Zillow, in my opinion, by <laughs> doing so. So that's the reason why I hired somebody specifically. The first responsibility was to look at the numbers. I want to be profitable, and do I don't want to be profitable, but I want to take care of my staff, and I want to take care of my staff without going broke. I want to take care of my staff without me going bankrupt. Um, so yes, we've, di- we've made a lot of changes and, and there's been, there's been a great year. This has been my great year as far as profitability. Um, I send you the list, uh, last year, um, sold a lot more houses than this year, but if you look at my gross commissions, this year is a lot higher than last year, even though last year I sold $4 million above, um, gross commissions I this is larger this year versus last year. I'm uh, going back to hiring somebody who helps me get my systems in place and and gets gets numbers in the right places in order for for me to be profitable.
0: Would you mind disclosing what your your net profit margin number is
1: so the way I, the way I run my business again is it is a little different. Um, I have a salary, and just like everybody on my staff has a salary, I have a salary i don't, I only take extra when we hit our goal. If I take extra, they take extra. Uh, so last year, my, um, my taxes, I reported about 220000 which is about, well, 45%, 40% from my gross commission. Um, so that's about what I took last year. This year's going to be a little bit less because I hired uh, some really good people. But I know for the long run, it's going to turn out better for me and my business uh, and for the people on my staff. I want to take care of them they're a type players. They are, um, they, they're, they're qualified, they're very well qualified and they know that my heart is in it. Not only for me to be, be like I mentioned earlier, be the fat cat and be living a really good life. And they're still living the same life as if they were to be working, you know, in, in their corporate job or, or wherever they came from before. I want them to make money as much as I make money. I want them to make money as well. Uh, so this year um, I am grossing my com- g- gross commission is a lot higher than last year, uh, but my take home will be smaller because I hired these a players, but again, for the long run, I know it's for the better of me and for my business.
0: You sold a lot of homes last year. You're selling a lot of homes this year. You're doing the majority of that sales work. Plus you're doing all this promotion. You must be spending a lot of time in the business. How many hours are you working a week?
1: If you were to ask me this question last year, I was working 70 hours a week last year. Um, If you were to ask me this question last year, 70 hours a week. This year I'm working about 50 hours a week. Um... So it's, it's been a lot better uh, to me. It's, and I tell the same thing to, to people on my staff. I hired workaholics. I was a workaholic. I still am, but, um, more important is your quality of life and your quality of life is not just money. It's your family, it's your relationships. Relationships is, is everything. Uh, we're in the relationship business. Uh, we're helping people buy and sell houses this is about relationships and your most important relationship is your family. It's your immediate family. It's your wife. It's your kids. It's your mom and dad. It's your siblings. Um, those, those relationships are, are the most important ones. And, and if we want to build this culture about clients, first-class service to our clients, and if we want to build this culture, like this relationship with them is very important. Uh, we want them to be happy. We want them to have the best experience while the, the, it starts at the house. It starts with your family. It starts with your own life. I want you to be healthy. Uh, I, I want to be healthy. Um, I want to have time to go to the gym. I want to have time to take my wife out on a dinner. I want to have time to take my kids on a play date or take them to the movies. I want to have time to uh, take my family and go to church or, or go wherever, uh, not only myself but also with my everybody on my staff. So I am working uh, 20 hours less a week than I was last year, but I'm sleeping better, I'm healthier, and my relationship with my wife and my kids is a lot better than it was last year.
0: Well, Daniel, what drives you?
1: What drives me is my why. I used to be a youth director for, for a church uh, from 2006 to 2013, and before that I used to help out a lot with the church, and I went on a few mission trips. My why is to, is to love God and to serve God, and, and the best way to do that is, is to serve and honor what he most loves, and what he most loves is people. So he loves people, and if we love and serve people, um, that's, that's a way that we love and serve God. So my why is to serve people, in this case my clients, uh, to love people, my clients and my staff. Uh, to the best of my ability, and to give them the best service, to be honest with them, uh, to be obedient to them, uh, obviously our fiduciary responsibility. So that's my why. My why is I want to honor and serve God, and I do it by uh, serving community, people. Daniel, why have
0: you been so successful?
1: I didn't decide to be a realtor. I didn't know I was going to be a realtor. People were knocking on my door wanting me to be a realtor um to continue to serve this need that they had. I would have to say the reason I've been successful is because uh people trust me and and they know they trust me because they know I have their interest above mine. Um I would have to say that's my answer to why am I successful is is I have people's needs ahead of mine.
0: Daniel, if you were going to advise a brand new agent just getting into business, what would you tell them to do first?
1: to create their database, create their database of who they are going to uh, create a database of who they would like to sell a house to uh, their favorite people and take them out to lunch and take out to lunch and their family members and let them know that he, he or she is a realtor. Now Uh, that's what I would advise. I would advise on instead of spending a bunch of money on Zillow and Trulia, I would say spend some money on coffees, taking your family members, for a coffee and letting them know you're a realtor and you're excited to work for them and uh, in case they have any referrals as well.
0: Daniel, do you think the top agent interviews like the one we're doing now with Mastermind Agent are valuable?
1: I would think so, yes.
0: Well, Daniel, I've come to the end of my questions for today. Do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners?
1: Uh, no, I think I talked, I feel like i talked a lot. <laughs> I think everything was in there.
0: Well, Daniel, you did share a lot of wonderful tips, ideas, and advice. You showed us how agents can get a fast start by selling over 100 homes your second year. You showed us how focusing on a small group of raving fans can result in huge referrals. You showed us why client appreciation parties and housewarming parties are worth the time and expense. You accomplished amazing results in your first five years. I can't wait to hear about what you accomplish in the next five years. Thank you for sharing and being our top agent of the month. And join us next call when we talk to an agent who sold 309 homes last year with only two administrative assistants and may be the most productive agent in America. Find out who she is on the next success call. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all, and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television, and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods. Visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. Learn more at FreeLeadTime.com. That's FreeLeadTime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate brand who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward.
1: You've been listening to Success
0: Calls on the Mastermind Agent Network, where top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com.